have to go. Lewis has been awesome. Let's it go. He ties it at 62. Two seconds to go. Lavender, three-quarter court. And we're going to overtime. And welcome to a, another edition of the Corner 3 Pod with Bud myself. I've got Al on the phone with me. And fun week in college hoops because <laughs> we're going to sound like a broken record, Al, because we're talking top five carnage again. Because it's happening, and now it's happening at an alarming rate, an alarmingly pleasant rate, in my opinion, because my goodness, did we have a lot of, lot of top five teams fall to unranked teams. We had... Texas Tech taking down Louisville. We had Michigan dropping a couple games, one of them to Oregon. Not 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 a bad loss there. Ohio State a little bit shorthanded and falling on the road in a conference game, a tough loss there. Maryland kind of succumbing to the Maryland we've all known and loved, the five-seeded Maryland Terrapins that won't even make the Sweet 16. And, I mean, again, it's kind of been a theme with, like, the Stephen F. Austins and the Evansvilles, but – these top five teams are losing, but they're losing to unranked teams, which just shows like the parity right now across college basketball. I mean, it is like a, it is like that carnival game where it's like the little like disc goes through all the pegs and it's like randomly, Oh, who's it going to fall on this time? Oh, okay. Michigan's going to lose to an unranked team this time. Oh, okay. Let's put it down there again. Oh, who they, who's going to lose this time? Oh, okay. It's going to be Louisville that loses to an unranked team. So, I mean, of those games, I mean, Al, which ones stood out to you from the top five teams losing? I mean, I know you watched your Buckeyes, but which ones stood out to you? I think just in general, the thing that's standing out is teams aren't just losing. Like, they're getting blown out. They're losing by double digits, these top five teams are. They, Another they're good not point. even, like, great basketball games because they're, they're just getting drilled by these teams. I think the ones the one that really stood out to me was Penn State over Maryland, not just because – Maryland lost, and they were a, a top five, top ten team. And Penn State was unranked, but Penn State actually looked like a pretty formidable team. They had five players in double digits, and they were led by Lamar Stevens and Mike Watkins, their seniors. I, I was really impressed with Penn State, and then of course, I think you probably want to touch on this. Uh, Texas Tech finally is is back. They are showing life after a, a kind of suspect start coming off of a really really good season last year yeah they're a team that you know and and i think i've talked about this on this pod they're a team i gravitated toward when chris beard went to texas tech because i remember chris beard coming onto the scene at arkansas little rock they won a 12-5 match with the NCAA tournament a few years ago beating purdue um and then you know he gets this job at texas tech and he revitalizes them in like two years i mean texas tech has had Aside from saying, hey, we got like leftover Bobby Knight, who's like got like his coaching gas tank level is on E, but he wants to coach us for a couple of years. That's their claim to fame before Chris Beard got there. And then Chris Beard gets there. And, you know, I knew he was a good coach from what he did at uh, Arkansas Little Rock in just a short time. But it's like, okay, this guy can legitimately coach at an elite level. I mean, the best game last year arguably was the national championship game. And Texas Tech was that close to being a national champion. Texas Tech basketball was almost a national champion. That's just remarkable. And, you know, they've been disappointing this year. Now, granted, they are trying to deal with the loss of um, Jameis Ramsey, their talented recruit. I believe he's out of the Chicago area. And he hasn't been able to play since the Iowa game. 
so you know they lose to DePaul, and you're like, oh man, they lost to DePaul. Yeah, well, they didn't have one of their off, you know, their big offensive scoring threats. Um, you know, they dropped a couple kind of head scratchers, and then you know they're going to the Madison Square Garden. They're going to play Louisville. It's like, all right, Texas Tech is going to try and grind this one out, and it was a grinder. But the whole time, it's like, I mean, they had to replace the rims at halftime. I swear to you. I mean, they, there were some bricks being thrown up there, but I mean, it. The whole time I'm I'm thinking, okay, this is when Louisville takes over. Oh, no, no, this is when Louisville's going to take over. Oh, no, this is when Louisville – and it just – it never happened. Texas Tech suffocated Louisville, and Texas Tech did just enough offensively to get a signature. When this Texas Tech team, when Jameis Ramsey gets back, I I don't think it's far-fetched to call them the second-best team in the Big 12 right now, and maybe by year's end they might still be the best. I mean, they are the defending Big 12 champs, so – which is kind of weird to say because Kansas had won like the past 15 or whatever. But yeah, Texas Tech got a big win and it's kind of like, oh, okay, so Texas Tech is going to be fine. Like this, as long as Chris Beard's there, Texas Tech will always be really good. And this was just reaffirmation of that. I agree with you. And I, the one thing I'm really looking forward to is the Texas Tech-Texas matchup because Texas Tech at the beginning of this year uh, there was like a little bit of talk of, oh, is Chris Beard, like, if this is a bad season, would he maybe start thinking of trying to get out of that contract and go into Texas and that kind of stuff? And they won that game against Louisville, and Texas Tech started chirping again. It's like, nope, we have the better job here. Just simply, it's a better job in Lubbock, and I love that. So I'm really looking forward to those matchups. Yeah, and then, you know, one of our games of the week, and one that we were both able to watch was – um. <laughs> And also, I want to make this clear. We're going to talk about uh, Michigan, Oregon here. What, what? Okay. And I know you don't like Michigan, so you'll love what I'm about to say. What the hell is Michigan doing playing a noon start time against Oregon? That's nine o'clock, like internal clock for all these ducks. They haven't even gotten their Starbucks in, and we know how they love that up in the Pacific Northwest. And they had to stroll out. I mean, they almost boat raced them in the first half. Then they had to come back in the second half, and then they had to get a you know a thrilling overtime victory, but. You know, Oregon, I believe, has played five teams inside the top 15. I mean, and they've lost two games, but I mean, their schedule so far has been a gauntlet. Oregon looks Oregon looks like a top five team, I guess, because I don't know who else would be a top five team. Oregon, actually, in most of their games, big games this year, they've been playing from behind. And then in this one against Michigan, which made no sense, like you said, like an early start time for them, like 9 a.m., and Anthony Mathis came out and was just stroking it from outside. They got out hot and then kind of fell behind and had to lean on Pritchard at the end. But, yeah, I was really, really impressed with that win for Oregon. Um, and then, I mean, even more so impressed with Peyton Pritchard. He scored 15 of their last 17 points to win that game uh, when, it hit, when it hit overtime. So, yeah, the Ducks were awesome. And then I think – I think Michigan might be in a little bit of trouble. Those are two tough losses after maybe an overreaction after their uh, their trip to the Bahamas. We don't we don't overreact on this pod. Al. I don't know what you're talking about. We don't do that. I'm saying the advanced press overreacted. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Um, yeah, but Oregon, like you said, Mathis came out hot. Peyton Pritchard, you always know what you're going to get from him. I don't. It, it'd be a close debate between us to like. Does Al love Peyton Pritchard more than I love Chris Beard? Because those are like our two, like two of our favorite people in college basketball right now. I would say for both of us, would that be a fair assessment, Al? I think so. I, it was kind of like I was kind of glad I was the only one at my uh, at my apartment 
on Saturday because I was just sitting there grinning from ear to ear watching that game. I looked kind of weird watching it, but yeah, no, I think that'd be that'd be fair to put it put that into argument. Uh, Chris Beard versus uh, versus Peyton Pritchard for me. Yeah, and I do I do really like Oregon, and I think. You know what it what it came to notice was, and this is, and and we're going to get a little off topic here, but we'll get back to some of this top five, you know, these top five teams losing. But you know, Oregon, one of those losses was to Gonzaga, in it in Atlantis, and Gonzaga goes on the road and beats Arizona this week. And Gonzaga, again, it's not like we were underselling the Zags, but there was a question, and I asked it to you a lot, Al. I was like, "Who's your best team west of the Rockies?" And I was like, "Well, it could be Arizona, it could be Gonzaga, it could be Oregon." Well, Gonzaga has beaten both Pac-12 powers. Gonzaga is Gonzaga as they have been for the past 15 years under Mark Few. Gonzaga is, well, there's another top five team for you. Gonzaga, I mean, they were impressive on the road at a Pac-12 school over the weekend. I think it's time to really, really start talking about uh, Mark Few as maybe even like top three college basketball coaches in the country. He's incredible every single year. He has a good team. It doesn't matter who leaves. Look at all the guys that left their team in the past, just in the past like three years. I mean, and they've had, I mean, seemingly no drop off. It's been insane how successful he is year in and year out. Even with the with the true blue bloods in teams that win national or competing for national champions every every single year, like Duke and North Carolina, they've had drop offs. Gonzaga is a threat to the Final Four almost for the entire decade. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that. I mean, I know a blue blood is a historically like a program that's been there for years. But if you want to take like recent, like like make our own little like subcategory, like recent blue bloods, Gonzaga is just that. For yeah, no, I think I'd agree with you. A lot of people like the big thing for them is have. I mean, you gotta have the national title to be like officially considered that but if you if you look at it how many national champions do we really have in college basketball oh kind yeah of, oh yeah oh. Of, it's a, it's a small grouping and then to get more than one is when people really start to talk call you a, a blue blood uh, I, I don't know but yes i would agree with you on that and then i mean any team that is every single year fighting for a final four spot yeah that, I, that's a blue blood to me yeah and it's funny um those zags this will be a terrific segue so thank you for that al but so talking about blue bloods, well, the Zags are, you know, self-proclaimed new blue blood, get a traditional blue blood in North Carolina coming to Spokane to play the Zags. And let's just put it this way. I don't know what the spread on that game will be, but this game isn't even going to be close. North Carolina is real, is injured, banged up, and reeling right now. North Carolina is bad, and they better hope Cole Anthony can come back and is at 100% because with him, they're not great. Without him, they are a bottom, I, I want to say, a, like a, a bottom feeder in the ACC and most definitely not a tournament team. Yeah, I mean, they, and I, I watched a good bit of the second half of the Wofford game, you know, recording this pod on, on Sunday evening. So this was the game earlier today where they lost to Wofford. They're up about four going into halftime. And then second half, Wofford took as big as, I want to say, about 11-point lead. And North Carolina's missing bunnies. They, you know, they can't even get to the hole. They can't shoot it that well. I mean, to your point, without that go-to guy Cole Anthony, who kind of, he's kind of the, you know, the straw that mixes the drink for them. Because without him, they just look absolutely lost. I mean, give all the credit in the world to Wofford, a very good program over the years. Actually, a program that beat North Carolina two years ago 
in um in Chapel Hill as well. So, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, we talked last week about, you know, should you be hitting the panic button not for teams like Michigan State or UNC? And, you know, it's kind of like, oh, it, you know, that'd be an overreaction. That's real early. Well, no, it's not anymore because Cole Anthony's sporting a boot and North Carolina looks atrocious. That game in Spokane will not even be close. It won't even be a good game. I mean, if you want to watch a WCC team beat up on an ACC team, yeah, go right ahead because you're going to get it that night. Oh, it's going to be a lot. You said you said hitting the panic button. They better be just slamming it, like nonstop slamming, because it is time to panic in Chapel Hill. They are in trouble. UNC is, which is interesting because they, I mean, in the it's been it's been what five years since they've really had a down year, and they tend to have more down years than Duke. But man, is this this? I mean, not make the tournament bad is very unlike any kind of blue blood oh that'd be that'd be like saying duke would make tournament and i mean that that's when your jaw drops open it's like i remember duke some years when i was a kid being like a six seed and i was like holy smokes they're terrible but it's like this this north carolina team is is going to be bubblicious because like you said in the acc which doesn't have many doormats has a lot of really good teams i think they're a lot like the big 10 where there's a lot of like we think we're pretty good. There's a lot of like Purdue's in the ACC, a lot of like Syracuse's that are going to, you know, just bother a lot of teams. I don't know how good like a Syracuse is, but North Carolina's kind of in that grouping and I'm not sure they're going to rise above that grouping, but to your point, without Cole Anthony and, and depending on how long he's out, they're not even in that grouping. They're well below that grouping if they don't have Cole Anthony. It actually this team this North Carolina team reminds me a little bit of Kentucky when they had Nerlens Noel. Um, obviously, I hope that Cole Anthony doesn't have the very serious injury that Nerlens Noel ran into. But that was towards the end of the year when he had it. And then they went on to lose at Robert Morris in the first round of the NIT that year, if you remember correctly. So, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a it's a team that basically runs on one guy and they look like a completely different team when he's not in there. And man, it, like I said, when Ohio State with him, like, I'm like, man, if they don't have Cole Anthony, this team is is in some serious trouble. And they well, sure as hell they are. Yeah, and you know, oh man, I like you dropping that uh, NIT first round nugget right there because oh, you're damn, you're damn right. I remember that game. That is by far the most awesome NIT game I've ever watched in my life. I mean, that thing was in Robert Morris's gym because I believe Kentucky was hosting like an NCAA first round like tournament, like Lexington was playing host, so Kentucky couldn't host. So they're like, oh, we'll just stick it at Robert Morris. That was like the damn national championship for Robert Morris. I mean, and those. Northeast Conference gyms are glorified high school gyms. Gyms like you played in, Al, when you played at Strongsville. I mean, these gyms are tiny. And that place was packed to the rafters. Oh, that was a fantastic game. Anyways, I just wanted to touch on that. But, you know, and and again, I'm not I'm not picking on you, Alex, since we haven't gotten to the, you know, our final top five team that lost. And it was your Buckeyes. Their undefeated season came to an end today. Again, on the road against Minnesota. Again, Minnesota is a Solid team. I bet you they're a tournament team. This is going to be a great win for them. But, you know, it's tough to win on the road. They're a little shorthanded. Was there anything overly concerning from your Buckeyes today? Uh, I think the first I think the first thing that would, would concern me and it's concerned me for a while is Caleb Wesson. He cannot stay out of foul trouble. He's a big body. And the way that games are called nowadays, he needs to adjust. And he simply has not in his uh, three years here at Ohio State, so I mean he's got to get that under control because again he got in foul trouble and then when he came in 
later in the game, he he did not seem like he was with the flow of the game. I mean, when you sit out for such a long time in the second half with four fouls, it's going to be tough to come back in and make a huge difference. Uh, I think another thing that I really noticed was more of a positive note for Ohio State. Obviously, you can't take too many positives out of a double-digit loss to a team that came into the, their own building at four and five. The G, DJ Carton really took things into his own hands and showed that he could possibly be that guy that can go get you a bucket when Caleb Wesson is out of the game. I think one thing that really hurt us was not having Dwayne Washington. He really spreads the floor for Ohio State. And they threw uh, Justin Aurens in there, and he wasn't knocking him down today, so it was kind of compact. Uh, but overall, just I mean, the barn was the barn was rocking. Those. The students were getting after it. I think they have finals this week, so just a little stress reliever before they get to finals. But not a not a good loss for Ohio State. Really, really tough to lose one early in the Big Ten like this. You always want to get off to a hot start in the Big Ten, and to have one early loss in, in mid-December is not great. Yeah, and okay, I take it back. I thought Minnesota was more of the 8-3 and three tone. I guess I didn't do my homework on that. I didn't know they came into that game 4-5 and five on the season. That's not great. They have played a they have played a, a pretty tough schedule. Okay. But that's that's not a five losses is a lot of losses. I don't think they played that tough of a schedule. Five losses is a lot of losses by mid December it is. <laughs> yes. Sometimes you gotta you gotta you gotta pick up a W against, you know, like a St. John's or something like that. You gotta beat one of those teams that is equally as average as you are. Um but with Ohio State losing, we are now down to four unbeatens. Um, three of them come from the mid-major ranks, so that's fun. Um, our last Power Six team that is unbeaten are the Auburn Tigers. Al, that would you? I don't think a lot of people would have guessed Auburn would be our last unbeaten of the Power Six. Oh no, I don't think anyone would. I think that was one of the teams we talked about them. I believe we talked about them in our first podcast and said this is going to be a team that going to be a team that's streaky. They're going to have some really bad losses and have some really good wins just because they're going to live and die with the three. And, man, I, they've just lived with it at this point because they have not lost. I know they haven't played a crazy tough schedule, but it hasn't been absolutely horrible. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's impressive that Auburn's there, and I think the, the rest of the SEC needs to, needs to take note because things are looking a little more crowded at the top of the SEC than we thought coming into the season. Sure, yeah, and, you know, I, it, it's funny. Even I forget it, but this is a an Auburn team that made the Final Four last year. I short and made the Final Four shorthanded last year. I mean, again, a testament to say what you will about what Bruce Pearl does behind the scenes. The guy can coach once on the floor. I mean, X's and O's, a very, very good coach. Oh, yes, he is a fantastic coach. I, I personally am not too well versed in what he does off the court, and I don't really worry about it i just don't love his antics on the court and i don't love the way he conducts himself he's a big sweaty guy in press conferences it always seems to be someone else's fault kind of like in the (laughs) in the final four last year which is that's the kind of coach that really rubs me wrong but he is he is i mean i can't take anything away from him he took a he took a team without one of his best players to the final four last year and he's got his team off to the the best start of anyone in uh, in the Power Six uh, conferences right now. Yeah, and then our so our three other unbeaten's um, Duquesne remained unbeaten. Um, Duquesne, Duquesne, Duquesne is still unbeaten. The Dukes, I don't, 
I still don't know if they're gonna, you know, if they're gonna be even relevant in the A10 because their schedule has been so soft up to this point. But unlike our boys over there in Minnesota, I mean, they've they've won every game they've played. So good for good for the Dukes. Um, San Diego State, uh, your favorite conference, the Mountain West, still has a representative in the unbeaten ranks. So even though your Utah State Aggies took a tough loss to BYU, my preseason Final Four pick. Um, why, why does this? Why is this? The Aggies taking a tough loss. Why is that becoming a trend on this podcast? But I hear about them every week, and it seems like they're losing a lot. I, I, all right, it's a B. It's the Beehive Classic. Okay, I mean, you don't just stroll in to BYU in a rivalry game with the Beehive State pride on the line and just walk away with a victory. You know. But your your final four is in tathers right now. It is falling apart. Well, hang on. I got Oregon and Baylor who are both top ten. They both might be top five come the yeah. polls. And your and your other two are toying with the bubble right now. Well, one of yours is toying with the bubble right now too, because you're gonna have to pick Utah State unless you want to go with the Aztecs, who are still unbeaten. And I we're not gonna pick this game, so I'm gonna ask you right here, right now. Pretty good test for the Aztecs coming up, which largely, I mean, they've beaten Iowa, they've beaten Creighton. They get another kind of like that kind of game again, another kind of litmus test before Mountain West Conference play gets underway. They play an 8-2 and two Utah squad. Do you like the Aztecs staying unbeaten this week, Al? I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping they win that game, just for my sake. Yes, they, yes. They, they, I, I, they seem like a team that could actually make a move in, in March that I might have to pick, but <laughs> man, it's been, it's been rough following them so far. They have not lived up to at least the hype you gave them. My Lord, you gave them everything. They, I mean, I think you were as you were higher on them than their head coach was heading into the season, but yeah, I'm going to go with Utah state in that one kind of, kind of because I'll cheer for the mountain West over the pac 12, but also kind of because I have not exactly seen a whole lot of Utah basketball yet this year, so kind of figure out if they're going to be like where they're going to be at too with that game. Yeah, you're getting your Utah schools confused. You you like San Diego State over Utah. You do not like Utah State. I just have to clear that up because you're you're screwing up your Beehive State schools. I we didn't even mention Weber State or Southern Utah, and yet you're somehow screwing up three or Utah Valley for that matter. Utah Valley playing I, the Pokes this week. Who you got? You're throwing so many schools at me. I don't even know if I was talking about any of the right schools there now. <laughs> I think we need to move on. This is just rough. <laughs> All right. So San Diego State, um, you know, I'm still going to beat the drum. Uh, Mountain West is going to get three bids. Uh, San Diego State or Utah State will not win the Mountain West Conference Tournament. I'll take New Mexico and the Mountain West will get three teams to the tournament. So you'll have your choice of the litter, Al. So um, anyways, moving on. Um, the last unbeaten that we need to mention are the Liberty Flames because we mentioned them last week when we were talking about our unbeatens and whether or not they're, they're contenders or not. And Liberty gets Caleb Holmesley back and goes into Vanderbilt and beats now, albeit Jerry Stackhouse has not, it's his first year at Vanderbilt. They are, you know, they're going through that coaching regime change. They are one of the bottom feeders in the SEC as it currently stands, but that's a road win at an SEC school. That's a very good win for the Liberty Flames, who I believe moved to like 12 or 13 and 0 at this point. Very good win for them. They still got that big game coming up against LSU. Again, another, and I I think you'd be getting greedy if you think the Flames are going to win that one. But hell, if they win that one, they might they might win the national championship at that rate. They're just going to forget how to lose games. But um, 
so a couple other nuggets that I wanted to get to. Um, I want to talk about Memphis because it's a game we both picked wrong this past week. A little interstate battle between Memphis and Tennessee that we both picked incorrectly as we went with Tennessee. Tennessee burned us again somehow this week, this time with wages for the week. Memphis wins a grinder. And fun fact for Memphis, they're unbeaten in games in which Wiseman does not play. Their only loss is to a very good Oregon team in Portland. So a, you know, basically a road game in which Wiseman got into early foul trouble. But Memphis is, they're playing some good basketball right now without one of the best players in the country who's coming back. They're, they're really tough. And you know what show, you know what really surprised me was I was watching that Memphis-Tennessee game and Tennessee jumped out quick. And I'm like, all right, that's a veteran team. And this Memphis team is young and they're down their best player. I can't imagine they're going to be able to come back. And they just rifled off like a little run and they were right back in it and ended up winning that game in a, in a fun game, a fun atmosphere uh, for these past two years in that Memphis-Tennessee game. And I think that in the future that could be a whole lot of fun. Uh, Rick Barnes versus um, – versus who oh, help me out here, bud. Uh, uh, Hardaway. Penny. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean – Penny, wow! I don't know. I forgot that one. Anyway, well, you screwed up. Know, you screwed up the state of Utah before, so. I, I okay. When when we start going out west, but I get lost. You, you do. You get lost. It's it's it's. Gonzaga and Oregon. Do not talk to me about any other school out here. I won't know what to say. There's a lot of space to get lost out west, Al. You can you can just get lost out there. I don't even know where cities or states, for that matter, are located out there. You've been I, to Wyoming. Yeah, I've been there. But if you told me to, if you told me to point it out on a map, that would probably be one of the only ones. That's kind of embarrassing for me to say. But yeah, I probably wouldn't be able to point out a lot of the states. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have the right. I'd have the names just in different spots. It'd be really embarrassing. Um, I'm going to come to your yeah. defense before we talk about more basketball. I'm going to come to your defense. Al did graduate actually this morning, this Sunday morning. Like he's officially a graduate of the University of Ohio State. So he, he's he's done everything he needs to do to you know be a a functioning person in society. Yeah, you know, I may sound dumb, and I, I think I might actually be kind of dumb in some areas. But I guess, um, I guess I found I, I weaseled my way into a degree here, which was, you know, that was it was nice to to do that. I was I was slightly hungover for the uh, ceremony itself. And a boy, hey, hey, when when you're watching Oregon, Michigan, you got to pound back some bush lights. I mean, that's just what you got to do. Well, that's free advertisement. My bad. <laughs> Anyways, so uh yeah, no Memphis I think <laughs> trying to get a segue with that one. Um yeah, just <laughs> um with Memphis, yeah, I mean it's just it's going to be real interesting come American Conference play when they get him back and now Memphis is going to be hopefully really formidable. Maybe they will be I mean they're going to be a top 10 team in this next poll and again, they still don't have Wiseman. They still don't have their best player likely. Yeah, like the the consensus at this point, the mock draft consensus number one, unless you're looking at Anthony Edwards, is not playing for their team, and they have one loss. And they've beaten a slew of good teams, <laughs> so Memphis is a team to really, really look out for uh, come March. Really, just come and come conference play because I think they're going to steamroll that conference. Well, yeah, because you got teams like Cincinnati losing to Colgate, albeit Colgate a good team, returned a lot from a tournament team, but yeah, the American. 
is soft. Wichita State is still down. Cincy is way down going through a coaching change. But yeah, I mean, the I would say Memphis is head and shoulders right now, the best in the American. Um, and with that, we're going to go to a, a quick break. And then we will get back and talk about wages of the week, which we actually didn't have much movement. We didn't have a good week, Al, but we didn't have much movement. So let's take a quick break and we'll uh, we'll talk some wagers coming up. And we're back here at the Corner 3 pod. Uh, got Al on the phone with me. Um, so we're going to roll into wagers of the week. We actually had, uh, for the first time, maybe all season, we didn't have any movement. I have shrunk the deficit to one game, and I remained right there. I actually tied it up for a brief moment as my preseason Final Four pick, the Baylor Bears, eked out a one-point win over the Butler Bulldogs in Waco. Again, Waco not showing out for their basketball games. There are probably about 5,000 fans there. That was a pathetic showing by the Baylor Bear faithful. Like, they have a really good men's basketball team. And they want it. Like, what is going on in Waco in December where people are like, well, you know, there's too much to do. What? Like, I. anyways, I digress. So, wages of the week. We actually had a rough week, Al. We both went two and four. So, again, we're we're kind of – rummaging around kind of the 500 mark i'm at 19 and 17 after a tough two and four week we both got our mid-major pick wrong going with the titans um jim harbaugh's for you know we're used to coach at san diego that basketball team uh just kicked the snot out of csu fullerton so not a good not a good look there for us on that one al and al you have eclipsed the 20 win well you've hit the 20 win mark you are at 20 and 16 so, still got that one game lead. Still a lot of season left to go. Twenty games gets you to the tournament a lot of years. So you know. I'm well, yeah, because yeah, and if I'm yeah, and if I have twenty nine wins and I'm Liberty and I have three losses, I, they're going to give NC State the bid over me, and it's stupid. Well, let's. I mean, is Liberty going to have three losses, bud? No, I uh, I would say right now if I depict. Well, ooh, if I were to set. An over/under loss total for Liberty at two and a half. Which way are you leaning? I'm leaning towards. Uh, I have two losses seems fair. I, I would go. I would go the uh, the under. I would go. I would go under too. I'd say they're going to lose to LSU and they'll lose one conference road game to like the second best team in the A Sun. Is that Lipscomb or what? Whoever it may be, they're going to lose a road conference game. Lipscomb's going to get hot. But the thing is, they're just not going <laughs> to. The three point shooting team, baby. The Bison. The Bison uh, out of Nashville. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm with you on this. Yep. The Bison, North Dakota State, baby. Final four right now. Woo. In All right, see, now we're jumping schools again. Because I have a cousin that goes to Lipscomb. I do not have a cousin that goes to North Dakota State. Oh, but they're good in football up there in Fargo. Yeah, they sure are. They, uh, you, uh, Wyoming took their head coach and had a decent year, too. Wow, Al, that was, that was so nice of you. Yeah, I thought that I'd mention that before, also mentioning that Wyoming is 3-8, and eight, just absolutely horrible at basketball. Lost by 20 to a 500 Big Sky school at home the uh, Saturday. So that was a good look. And now we get one of your favorite teams, because they're out of your favorite state of Utah. We got Utah Valley Wolverines, who I believe are like 4-5 and five coming into Laramie. So uh, I, if you ask me to pick that game, I don't know who I'm picking, because I don't know. <laughs> oh, boy. It's like which pile of dog crap smells less 
dog crappy. So if that if that isn't if that isn't just utter poetry for you listeners, I don't know what'll be. Anyways, let's get to some wagers of the week because I don't want to talk about. Will Will you watch that game, bud? Will you Will you let your eyes bleed through that game? Whenever I'm available, I will watch my team. Now Saturday. Is it even on TV? Is there like a stream? Like, what is? How would you even get that game? Saturday. Uh, let me just put it this way to you, Al. Saturday. Um, I made it to Mansfield of all places to like bars for whatever reason. I made it out to Mansfield, so I did not have to like watch the pokes. <laughs> don't ask me how I made. Don't ask me how I made it out there, but I did. I, I gotta imagine it's getting to the point where like family members are not even watching Wyoming. It's there's no one at the games. That's for darn sure. And um, our AD before the season. Oh, after actually last season where we had our worst season since the 70s, where we won like seven or eight games with a second round NBA draft pick and Justin James, uh, the AD came out and said they needed to be dramatic improvement. Well, <laughs> I don't think that's happening. I, unless, unless we're a, I mean, a, a completely dramatic uh, turnaround yet. I gotta believe there's a there's a coach up in Laramie on the hot seat. Uh, to that point, I'll ask you another question. This won't be an over This will be kind of a straight. Oh no! I, well, okay, I'll, I'll word it to you this way. Will Allen Edwards be one of the first two coaches to be midseason fired this season? Uh yes. Wow, you think so? If you had, yes. to, does he make it to February? No. No. <laughs> no, I think you're. I think mid January. If you guys are still, I mean, you're, once you get in the MWC play, but it's going to get really, really, really bad. Yeah, because you know how tough I, that MWC is, baby. Woo! It doesn't really even have to be that tough. Look at the team, look at the teams you're losing to now. I, I don't, I, it's football season now. Like you said, we we're, we had a good football season. I don't know. We're, we're chasing down eight going wins. Going bowling. <laughs> going bowling, baby. Arizona ball. Georgia State doesn't even know what's about to hit them. Let's go. Here we go. Oh man, we should have done a bull mania like episode. That'd have been hilarious. Hey, Al, you want to make a deal? I'll put. You got to put as many confidence points on Wyoming as I do Ohio State. Is that fair? Nope. <laughs> but, I'm very confident in Ohio State. I'm not. I'm not confident in Wyoming. Georgia State. Georgia State can't stop the run. Wyoming can't pass. So all we do is run. This is this is a tailor made just woodshed beating coming. The, so, yeah. If I pick Wyoming in that bull mania, but I put them at one confidence, will you still be mad at me? Yes, I will be upset. So but if I put them at two, what what is the cutoff there where I won't where I won't be in your disgrace? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll I'll word it to you this way. If you pick my pokes, that'll be flattering enough. All right, so one confidence it is. Yep. Well, well then I'm gonna pick Clemson. So eat it. All right. Uh, it's, but I beat you in this every year too. So I'm perfectly fine with you picking Okay. Them. If some stupid Virginia guy from the corner doesn't hit a three, Texas Tech is a national champion and Bud is B, a March Madness bracket winner for the first time in his career. Is it, what is it? Like if, if in, ifs and buts were candy and nuts, every day would be Christmas. Whoa. You know how I'm saying that. Whoa. And that's very uh, festive of you with Christmas being just right around the corner. Um, I want to ca- now. I, now my preseason Final Four, I did not pick Texas Tech. If Texas Tech is a top four seed, I'm going to be tempted to pick them to win it all again. I'm just going to ride that Chris Beard train as 
long as I can. It's like lane train. It's just not as fun and, and as unpredictable. But I'm just no, riding no, the Chris. No lane. <laughs> Going to Ole Miss, baby, back on the Grove. It's going to be hilarious there. But, yeah, no, on the, on the opposite side, I, I, we've talked about who we picked, who we picked last year. Uh, I, I, I am shying away from the uh, – I obviously still love the way they play, but I'm shying away from picking Virginia too far in the tournament. They just simply cannot score the ball. Well, and you'll be – I mean, and – I mean, you know, Ohio State was, you know, a nice 11 seed last year. They got a first round. But, you know, it's it's tough to even pick your alma mater when they're in that kind of position. But Ohio State looks, all intents and purposes, look like the top four seed. They're going to be protected. I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to pick against the Buckeyes, I would assume. Yeah, no, I, I, I made a rule for myself that if they're a top four seed and I truly believe that they're good, I will pick them to the final four because then from there, everything else is a cherry on top. Like that's the goal in college. It's always get to the final four, get to the final four, get to the final four. So that's that's what I would do. So what if you lose wages of the week and Utah State and Ohio State are in the same region? Uh, didn't we have like a didn't we have part of that bet where like I don't have to pick against my alma mater? <laughs> Wait. So what's my caveat then? So I don't have to wear the hat. Uh, I mean, we could find. I mean, we could find some common ground on this off the air. I can pick. I can pick my hat. But you can't expect. You can't expect me to pick a Mountain West team over Ohio State. Yeah, I think you understand that. Well, and the only time I guess this would be a problem, you know, what would really suck is if like like some odd like Boise State wins the Mountain West Conference tournament and they're a 15 seed, but the other two Mountain West schools are both in Ohio State's region. You're going to end up picking like 15 seeded Boise State to the Final Four. That would be hilarious. It wouldn't be fun. <laughs> I wouldn't enjoy losing a Final Four team on the probably like on, on Thursday, Thursday afternoon. Thursday afternoon at two, I'm going to be sitting at work streaming the game. Like, oh, I lost a Final Four team. Oh, I, I'll do you one better. I've lost three. I've lost three Final Four teams on the first day. I remember the last Final Four team that I lost on the first day was uh, Virginia. No, that was Friday, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, you're right. That was a Friday night against UMBC. I remember it. That was like one of those things like, where were you the day Tiger won the Masters? It's like, oh, I remember the day UMBC beat Virginia. I remember that day. I jumped on Marcus Smart and uh, Oklahoma State. Yeah, you did. And uh, that that one backfired. That was his freshman year, too. So they lost the first round. I believe they lost the first round the next year, too. Yeah, he came back. Yeah, he came back, which was really cool. He now he's coming back, and then they didn't win a tournament game again. <laughs> not good. Not not good. Not good. Um, anyways, we've kind of gone down a, a little bit of a rabbit hole here, so we're going to have to kind of breeze through these uh, wagers of the week. Um, again, Al's got a one-game lead here. First game up will probably not be a ranked versus ranked, although it was in our most recent poll. Number four, Maryland taking on number 22, Seton Hall. Seton Hall, a little banged up, Al. So this one's going to you first, uh, kind of – Break it down. We don't even know if Seton Hall is going to be at full strength. Yeah, but we've been back and forth with Seton Hall, and it really just goes with the health of Miles Powell. But with all these teams, I always say it, the best ability is availability. And I don't know what kind of help Miles Powell will be in. He had a bad concussion in the game against Rutgers. In a game they got, they got trounced in. So I'm gonna, I'm definitely, definitely gonna go with Maryland in that one. Yes or no question right now to you, Al. Rutgers will make the NCAA tournament. Uh, yes. Whoa. 
Big Cat's tough, baby. We're sending eight or nine teams. Whoa, and Rutgers is one of them? And they're one of them. Oh, man. The Scarlet Knights. Greg Schiano comes to coach football, and it's just revitalizing the whole the whole school. He's turning the whole culture around. That was so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go with the Turtles in a close one. I actually think this is going to be close because, as I mentioned when we talked about our top five carnage to open the episode, Maryland is who we thought they were. They are a top four seed that will not make it to the Sweet 16. So I'll, I will go with the ter- Terrapins begrudgingly over the Pirates of Seton Hall, the banged-up Pirates. Next game you got. Next game we have is, is a fun one. Number two, Kansas, likely number one, Kansas, when it's all said and done. Taking on number 20, Villanova, who will also ascend in the rankings. Oh, this is a good game. And I get to pick it first, and I'm going to go with the Jayhawks. Yeah, but I think I'm going to kind of follow you on that one. I watched – I. I was working out, and I looked up um, at the TV, and Villanova was playing Delaware. And I'm like, all right, why is Delaware giving them a run? And then I looked into Delaware, and they're 9-2. and two. Fighting blue and hens that, are tough. That was one of the only losses they had. So I'm like, all right, maybe not as bad. Uh, uh, like, it's not as bad that they were hanging around. But I'm still going to go with Kansas. I think, I think Kansas is going to really start to kind of impose themselves as the number one team, maybe – put a little bit of halt on these number one teams falling off week after week. Yeah, I think yeah, I think they steady that trend. Watch Villanova come up and beat them by about 12. Best game of the week involves your Buckeyes. Um, again, rankings from last week. We got number three, Ohio State, taking on number eight, Kentucky. This will likely be a top 10 matchup once again. I mean, still be a top 10 matchup when it's all said and done. Um, Al, Al, you get to pick this one first. We've already talked a bunch about Ohio State. Who do you got in this game? Oh, ho, oh, oh. ho. I think it's pretty obvious, obvious that I'm going to go with the Buckeyes, but I think it's going to be a close game, and I think it should be a good game. I like that little the little tournament-type thing that the kind of round-robin they do every year where Ohio State either plays Kentucky, UCLA, or what is it, Memphis? I don't know what the other team is. I completely forgot. But I, I like the little round-robin that we do uh, up there, and I'm going to go with Ohio State in a close one over Calipari and Kentucky. Give me, uh, give me the Wildcats. Uh, they've looked – very good since that um, eyebrow raising loss at home to Evansville. Um, give me the give me the Wildcats in that one. Um, but what? But what is that other team that plays in that little fourteen Vegas tournament? How the hell should I know? Is it Wyoming? See now I, I got to look it up. <laughs> well, while you're looking that up, you can also think about this next matchup, which is a, a battle of acronyms again. We've got um, USC taking on LSU. University of Southern California taking on Louisiana State University. And this one's up to me first. Give me the Bayou Bengals. Feeling good about the Joe, the fighting Joe Burrows. Uh, Coach O, I know none of these players play basketball, but Will Wade, as John Rothstein would say, is a American gangster or whatever he calls him. Um, give me the Bayou Bengals in that one. Who you got? I'm actually, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I'm going to go with USC. Uh, this is going to be awful. I'm going to try to pronounce the name right here on on yaka okongwu is uh al al take the gum out of your mouth before you say something please i i think he has the potential to be a lottery pick in the nba he's averaging 17 a game so i'm gonna go with usc in that one uh i do like lsu's backcourt but uh 
I don't know. I just kind of wanted to differ you differ with you on this one, but I do think this is going to be one of the closer games that we picked this week. Do you even know where the state of California is? I got that one. That's like the far one, right? So all the way out it's, west. It's the one, yeah. It's way, way out there. Always far left. See, good for me is I have these games written down. When you throw random ones at me, I just start putting things in my mind, putting different teams together and thinking of matchups. So I like how I have this little – I can go off a little bit of a script here when I'm making my picks. Well, here's a state that you know because it's just as boring as Ohio, and it borders um, Ohio. It's the uh, – Crossroads Classic. We got four loss Purdue, fresh off a loss to Nebraska. Yikes, that's worse than Ohio State losing to Minnesota. Although a Nebraska kid had a triple-double, a Juco kid too. Um, I don't even know who he was, but I just know he had a triple-double. I think it was like the first in Nebraska like basketball history or something like that. But anyways, four loss Purdue, taking on a Butler squad who will likely still be in the top 25, even though losing at Baylor. Um, this one's up to you, Al. Do you like your four loss Big Ten team or do you like the upstart Bulldogs of Butler? Purdue not only lost that game to get game today against a Nebraska team, which uh, not not so good. And um but they also lost it looks like they could have uh harms one of their best players out for some time because he took a hard fall in that game. He landed on his back, looked like his head smacked the ground. I don't know what his availability is. So I'm going to go with the safe pick and take Butler. Uh, I think Butler's pretty good. If they lost a close one to Baylor, there's, that's nothing to hang your heads on. So I'm going I'm going Butler. Okay. I will I will stick with the Bulldogs as well. Um, give me Butler. Purdue. Uh, I, I, Purdue is a lot like, well, not a lot like Minnesota, but Purdue has played a really tough schedule. The only thing is they haven't won many of those games. They have a real nice win against Virginia, but other when we thought, oh, that was kind of when they, you know, kind of rounded into form, they turn around and lose to Nebraska. Again, conference season is going to be a meat grinder, especially going on the road. It's tough to win, even when you're top five teams. It's just tough to win on the road in conference play. But, yeah, I don't – to that note, not a single team in the Big Ten has one on the road yet. <laughs> the Big Ten's balanced, as we like to say. Or it's just really crummy. I mean, it could be either oh, one. Oh, hey, hey, hey. hey, hey. Remember, remember, we beat up on the ACC. Hey, hey, hey. Eight to six really isn't beating up on them. Like I said, I knew you were going to try and twist that. All right, we got one more pick to make. We're running long here, Al. We got Western Kentucky taking on Rhode Island in our mid-major matchup. Actually, I picked a kind of a juicy mid-major matchup because both teams are, like, decent enough, and you might be able to see them in March. Western Kentucky has a nice win over, I believe, Arkansas this season. Uh, Rhode Island beat Providence, so... Who? Oh, uh, this is this is me first. Oh no, you're just gonna take who I take. You're just gonna oh, oh well, Bud knows what he's talking. about. Give me Western Kentucky. Uh, all right, cool. I'll go Western Kentucky. <laughs> you suck. There's actually a strong little kid that uh, that went to Western Kentucky. So there we go. Beautiful Bowling Green, Kentucky. The better of the Bowling Greens, I can speak from experience bowling green kentucky is much nicer than bowling green ohio just in terms of aesthetic what do you get bowling green, ohio? i got nothing against it. i'm just saying bowling green kentucky has a really nice look to it i've been to bowling green ohio i think it's it's a nice little town it, it's i didn't say bowling green wasn't a nice town i just said bowling green kentucky has a much nicer look to it i just don't get why you don't like ohio but the best best city or state. Or oh boy, state. oh boy. We're butchering. Am, it's late, guys. It's late. <laughs> oh, I, and I we're talking it, geography. I know, 
I know what's going on here. We're good. We're good. <laughs> All right. Well, we, 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 with Al's uh, geographical ignorance, that I will... Miss, I misspoke. That was... I misspoke. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> bet. All right. Well, that'll do it for another uh, episode of the Corner 3 Pod with our, our buddy Al. He'll go look at his map, and I will... Uh, we will we will find you next week, um, hopefully somewhere in the U.S., and uh, hopefully Al will be able to find it home. So on that note, we will see you next week. Hasbrook heads to the right corner. The jumper from Moore. Oh, yes! Oh, I just... Wow!